This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody and welcome to today's How To Tuesday. This is one that is near and dear to my heart. How to catch a permit on a spinning rod. I've had a lot of questions about this, so I want to go over and dedicate an entire episode of How To Tuesday to catching a permit on a spinning rod. It's really one of the most fun things to do in all of saltwater fishing, so here's a chance to uh, at least give my opinion on on how it goes um, catching a permit on a spinning rod. First starts with the outfit itself and i like to use um for my battle axe rod i'm going to use two different rods one of the one's kind of a summertime outfit and one is a regular all-around go-to rod and the all-around go-to rod which i'm going to use 90 percent of the time is a saint croix avid spinning reel or sorry spinning rod i like the avid series and I like a seven foot medium heavy fast action. And uh, if you were to look at the at the code, it's VIS70MHF. And that's the St. Croix Avid series. I like a seven foot rod, personally. That's me. Some people prefer a seven and a half foot rod. I like a seven foot rod myself. I feel like I can cast the most accurately with it. And um, it is my favorite. So I'm going to start with that rod. I'm going to pair that rod with a Daiwa 3000 um, ballistic. Now, the 3000 ballistic can hold um, 20 pounds or 20-pound J-braid, 310 yards of it. So that's plenty, plenty of line for a permit. It's a very small, very light reel with a really good drag. You can actually go down with the ballistic because... It has good line capacity, and also the drag is fantastic. So that's the reel I'm going to pick. And then I'm going to use J-Braid, um, which is Daiwa's braid. I really like that braid. It doesn't tangle very often. I use um, the light blue, and um, 
I'll use that in 15 for the most part. I'll also have some reels spooled up with 20. And um, so 15 and 20 on that. I'm going to tie uh, fluorocarbon leader onto the end of it. And I'm only going to use about a foot and a half of uh, a fluorocarbon leader on the end. That's all the leader that you need. And um, that's going to allow me to cast accurately so that the connection between the braid and the fluorocarbon is outside of the tip of the rod when I go to cast. If you have too much, you have to cast the knot, which is either going to be a double uni or a J knot or something like that, um, where you're going to attach the braid to the fluorocarbon. And then I'm finally going to attach a hook. And I am a firm, adamant believer that circle hook is the way to go with permit. For many, many years, I struggled with using J-hooks and watching people miss them and watching people get the bite and uh, come back with an empty shell and never even feel the fish at all and never even really know that the fish bit. And he bit it, smashed the crab, and left. And I uh, did not get hooked with a J with a J hook. I don't really like the J hook for permit fishing. And I, I really, I'm going to say never use one because, and I rarely use the words always and never, but I never use one because the percentage is so bad that there is virtually zero chance that I'm going to run out of circle hooks in my boat because I buy a ton of them. And I have boxes upon boxes upon boxes of them. So I absolutely will not run out of circle hooks. I've got them stashed in different places in the boat. Not going to run out. I like a four-aught circle. And I'll use various manufacturers. I'm not just dead set on one. I do have a preferred and favorite hook, which is the uh, Offshore Angler branded hook. It's a short shank, very short shank four-aught circle and uh it's it's the offshore angler brand you can go and get it at bass pro shops or offshore angler um second favorite hook would probably be the gamakatsu third owner and then down from there um there's plenty of others i used to use a matsuo circle hook and had great success with that one uh it's not as available as some of the other ones so kind of go with with what i can get there's a worldwide sportsman right there in isla Mirada. easy to go in there and pick this particular hook up. It's a very short shank hook. When you see it, you won't believe it, but it works great. And uh, so that's my rig. That's my 90% rig. Uh, the next thing is definitely the most important. While the rod is important, the reel is important, the line, the hook is extremely important. But the next thing is even more important than all of those. And that's the bait. And there's not a lot of debate. You know, you, you talk about almost anything in fishing, and if you were to say, what's the best bait for a tarpon? You'd have tremendous debate. Some people would say mullet. Some people would say pilchard. Some people would say pinfish. Some people would say crab. Some people would say shrimp. On and on down the line, right? Permit, I don't really know anyone that's going to debate that the best bait for a permit is a live blue crab. We are very lucky in the state of Florida that almost every bait shop, tackle shop, any place that sells bait, live bait anyway, also sells live shrimp, live crabs. They're very available. The trick is, is to be able to 
be allowed to pick the crabs yourself because if you go into the bait shop and and they give you a bunch of crabs that are six inches across, you're not going to catch any permit. Those are way too big. And if you go in there and they only give you these tiny ones, you're not going to be able to cast them far enough. I think the smaller the crab, the better the bait. But there's a there is a uh, a balance between how small the crab is and how far you can throw it. So I'm looking at a tape measure right now, and I'm looking at at the the crab size that I like. For permit, I like a crab that's two inches across the carapace. Two and a half inches is still in the sweet spot of really nice. Three inches is starting to get a little too big. Three and a half inches, you're going to get some fish to eat it. You're going to. They're also going to start to turn it down um, when you get some when you get some smaller fish around. You're going to get some refusals on that. So this goes back to. Um, just selecting the bait is, is is so important. And I'm going to go smaller before I go larger. Now, if you if you get to the bait shop and all they have are two-inch crabs, you might want to get some split shots too because you're probably not going to be able to throw that crab even with 15-pound J-braid as far as you might like. So you can put a split shot or two above the crab, and it's not my favorite but it will help you to get it out there a little bit further. My favorite is to get the exact right size crab, which is about somewhere between two and two and a half inches across the carapace. And um, I'm going to hook that crab right on the point of the carapace, like as close to the point as I possibly can. There is an area in there which is kind of like an earlobe. You can pierce it and not kill the crab. If you get into the white part of the body, the crab's not going to last very long. If you're getting into its in- internal organs, stuff starts leaking out, crab doesn't last very long. You want to, what I like to do is just put the point of the hook through the edge, and instead of just cramming it through there and breaking the shell, I will just start to drill it back and forth, back and forth with the circle hook. I'll let the point go through the shell and I'm happy with, with the placement of it, and then I'll just start drilling that hook back and forth. Just, just with my fingers, I'll just move the hook back and forth, and it will, it'll look like a drill. It'll just start drilling away some of the shell material, and the hook will, will go through. It'll go through with a small hole, and uh, then the barb of the hook will penetrate, and the crab won't be able to get off. And now, at this point, it's really important that um, you have a, a good, healthy crab. You've hooked it properly. You've got the right rig. You've got the right hook, the right leader, the right line, the right rod, the right reel. Everything's going your way right now. So what you want to do is maintain the health of that crab. You want a little bucket up there on the deck with you. Or if you're moving slowly and the crab's not going to be skipping across the water, you can just dip the crab in the water. Keep the crab wet. So you're standing there waiting for the permit to show up. You've got your um, your bale open, your finger on the line, and the crab in the water. That's the, that's the Florida Keys way to do it. You keep that crab wet at all times. 
if you are standing up on a cooler uh, to get better visibility and see more fish, which is also a very good idea, sometimes you're too high for this system to work. So some people will take a small bucket, um, you know, a little bait bucket, maybe it's a five-gallon bucket, put a little seawater in it and uh, make sure that the crab is staying wet and staying healthy all the time. You also want to avoid practice casting with this thing. There's no reason to cast it until you see a fish. You can cast at what you think is a fish, but just remember that the more you cast, the more you're going to need to change your bait. So after you cast a crab three or four times, you're basically giving that thing a concussion over and over and over again. And uh, he's not going to be moving as well. He's not going to be moving as fast. What you want is a crab that when you put it in the in your hand or on the bottom of the boat, it's it's moving its legs so fast that it's clicking. It has a clicking sound to it. You'll see that that goes away after you cast it a couple times. If you cast a, a crab like that that has this clicking sound, its its legs are moving so fast that it's that it's clicking. They're clicking against the shell. Um, you're not getting a refusal. That that permit sees that crab. He's coming over. He's going to eat it. Okay. If it has claws on it, even better. I love claws on crabs. I don't like to reach in there and grab them and have them pinch me. No, that's no fun. Nobody likes that. But if I have a bunch of crabs that I have kept myself and fed and kept healthy and they and uh, they they were allowed to grow and allowed to grow their claws back, I just know I'm just going to put on a little glove. I'm going to reach in there. I'm going to grab the uh, the crab and he's going to bite the glove and I'm going to be able to hook him up and everything's going to be fine. But uh, you can't, uh, oftentimes in the bait shops, the the claws are removed. That's fine. You'll catch plenty of fish like that, but the best by far is the are, are the ones with claws. So if I can have the claws, I will keep the claws. Okay. So now we see a fish and we're going to make a make a cast to it. What we're going to do is we're going to cast beyond the fish and then bring the crab to it as opposed to trying to crash it right into its face. We have the ability um, to cast a lot further probably than we need to because we're using the new generation of braided lines like the Daiwa J braid. It has the, the, uh, the line diameter of four pound test and it is, um, it's 15. That's awesome. It means you can cast a lot further. And if you get the right size crab, you can cast a long way. You can cast 15 feet past the crab, past the permit, and then reel it into its line of travel, and then let it go slack. That crab, if it is a, a one like I'm talking about that has the clicking sound as it's going down and it is really swimming, it will swim almost as fast as a fish to the bottom. If a permit sees that, he is on it like you won't believe. That's the, that's it. That's Classic permit fishing. That's what you're looking for. The fish goes over there. He tails. Their big mud comes up, and and you got him. He came over and he ate your crab, and uh, you just raise the rod tip without moving the line, close the bail, and just start reeling. And as you reel, that circle hook will find its home in the corner of his mouth, and now you are on. Uh, contrary to a lot of people, I want to make sure that that permit doesn't turn and 
we do not get that hook put into it. So I encourage reel until the drag starts going out and then reel for five seconds after. Okay. Learn that from Mark Croca. Another, he's probably caught more slams than anyone in the state of Florida. He knows a thing or two about how to set the hook in a permit. He told me that a long time ago. And I was like, reel against the drag. What are you talking about? He's like, doesn't matter, man. Just, just reel against the drag, you get this hook set. And then you don't reel against the drag, obviously when you're fighting the fish, but you sometimes what happens is you go down to set that hook and the permit turns straight at you and you think you've got him and you don't get the hook set very well. So I, I suggest reel until you set the hook and then reel a little more. And then until that fish really starts taking off, you're, you're keeping, you're staying tight with him. Okay. So that is pretty much how to catch a permit on a spinning rod. You can also do it with a jig with shrimp. You can do it with just a shrimp. You can do it with a bear jig. You can catch a permit on a fly rod. All are awesome ways to do it. And I'm sure that we will dedicate future How To Tuesdays to how to do that. I want to go over um, one more little thing here. As I'm, in the beginning, I said that I use two rods. I'll use a battle axe rod, which is seven foot, medium, heavy, fast action, St. Croix legend or avid, sorry. And then I will also have what I call a summer rod. And the summer rod um, is going to be the same type of rod, St. Croix Avid, and it comes in an eight-foot model. Now, the eight-foot model, I'm going to go a little bit lighter, medium light, eight feet long, like a fly rod. And then I'm going to put um, lighter line, 10-pound. And um, I'm going to be able to throw a small crab further. Now, first of all, we would want to use a small crab because oftentimes that's what you get in the summertime. Uh, that's what's available at the bait shops. But secondly, summertime fishing, it can be slick calm. And permit the, the calmer it is, the spookier the fish are, the further you have to cast. A lot of people don't think that's the, the way it is, but as it gets calmer, you have to cast farther because they won't tolerate the boat pushing up on them. When it's really windy, you don't have to cast very far. When it's really, really calm, you have to cast a lot further. So I'll go to an eight-foot rod, 10-pound test, and a smaller hook because I'm going to use a smaller crab. So I might go to a two-aught or a three-aught hook, depending on the size of the crab, and then I'm going to be able to throw that a little further. If the crabs are really small, I'm going to put a little split shot uh, above it, and I'm going to do the same, the same kind of thing. Um, so. That is how to catch a permit on a spinning rod. I'm sure that people will have plenty of questions about it. Um, one thing that is, is not often debated is the power of the, of the blue crab. The blue crab is a, is a bait that is very, it's very hardy bait all in all, but you do have to take care of it. Don't cast it a lot. Keep it wet all the time. And then when you have... Um, crabs left over, it's easy to keep them overnight. And we've done some how-to Tuesdays about how to keep your bait overnight. You can do the Jeff Maggio, put, uh, freeze some seawater in, in water bottles, open it up, put about an inch and a half of water, two inches of water in the bottom of a cooler, set it up on a brick or some sort of something so that uh, the cooler's at an incline. That way the crabs can be completely submerged 
on one end of the cooler and they can walk up to where they can walk out of the water and breathe air. And if you can keep that cool, that water cool, those crabs will easily make it overnight. Easily. Um, they'll also make it overnight in a big live well in your boat. The one thing that is really bad and the big place you can make a mistake with a lot of crabs is say that you have, you bought 50 crabs and you are trying to keep them overnight and you also have a dozen shrimp left over. So you take those 50 crabs and your dozen shrimp and you put them in a bucket and you try to keep them. And those shrimp die and for whatever reason they put off a toxin which will kill every single one of your crabs. So the one rule that I have, I don't keep shrimp with crabs overnight, period, at all. Don't do it. I've lost way too many crabs like that. Keep thinking I'm going to figure it out how to do it, but it's just not even worth it. Have two coolers. Keep your shrimp in one. Keep your crabs in the other. Um, and also the, the crabs will reach up and they'll grab those shrimp and they'll nip, nip at them and they'll eventually kill them. So even if the shrimp don't die, the crabs are killing them. And before they can eat them, the uh, toxin that the dead shrimp put off kill the crabs. So, or can kill the crabs. It doesn't happen every time, but it always happens on tournament day or when you really need it. So I just suggest not keeping shrimp and crabs together. All right. I hope that helps. How to catch a permit on a spinning rod is one of the greatest things in all of angling. If you haven't done it, you need to. I used to say I'd like to catch, I'd rather catch one on fly than 10 on, on bait. But that was before I ever caught 10 on bait. Then I caught 10 on bait. It's pretty fun. You should catch 10 on bait. It's really good, really fun. You learn a lot about the permit. And if you're a fly fisherman and you've never caught a permit on fly and you keep trying, well, maybe you ought to catch a couple on a, on a crab and a spinning rod because you will see how the fish reacts. You'll see the reaction you're trying to get out of it. And you will very quickly learn a lot more and you will be a better fly fisherman for permit because you've had the experience of catching a couple on on crabs. That's my opinion. I don't know. Some people disagree. All right. How to Tuesday, a little longer one this time, how to catch a permit on a spinning rod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, send me a pot, send me an email at podcast at saltwater experience. If you've got further questions, send to that same address, podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. If you have just a minute, if you wouldn't mind going and rating and reviewing this uh, podcast on iTunes, Give it a five-star rating and some kind of nice review. That would be awesome. I'd really appreciate that. All right, until next week, see you.